Hi guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the part two episode with Ashley Cohen. And I got so much positive feedback from the part one and I think you're really gonna enjoy the part two. Ashley has so much to offer and so many insights and so many inspiring stories. Um, I really enjoyed it. I listened to it a few times already and uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Danielle has already interviewed so many fun people and interesting people and I can't wait to put those out um, soon. And I am back seeing clients mostly now at nights from like 5.30 to 8.30. Um, I do have some day sessions appointment on day sessions available on Sundays and Fridays. Feel free to reach out. You can find other content like this on my website, www.gulaglassberg.com. Follow me on Instagram at gula.glassberg.intuitiverd. And without further ado, enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I have come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hi, okay, so we're back. So when we left, we were talking a little bit about the coaching practice, how you ended up in that route. So now I want I want to know a little bit, like what are the clients you want to have as your in your practice? What are the some of the like what are some of the goals you want to reach in this practice? Okay, good question. Um really I, I feel like to say like a specific client is hard because I feel like well, women, but I mean I at this point I've taken on girls who are single, women who are married, you know, people with kids, people without kids, but anyone in that realm, you know what I mean? A Jewish female is essentially what I connect to because I bring in a lot of Ruchnias. And I don't want to say anything more specific than that because I feel like at the end of the day, truthfully, I would even take in someone who wants to work on their business, let's say, because the fact of the matter is everything can be connected back as we talk in the personal development, Chabura, to our Ruchnias and to our personal uh, mission, right? So I feel like I, one thing I was thinking about yesterday is um, how I would love people to know that, you know, it, it's intimidating to like reach out to people to, to coach them, right? Or to say, like, tell your friends. And one of the things I want people to know is it's not for me. Like I love doing it. For me, is it's my purpose, but it's not for me. What I want it to be for is that I become in my head the cheerleader of the client and that I'm thinking, how can I help other women and girls to live their best lives? And when I see people, what I, what I remember is when I was younger, there was someone in my life who, maybe more than one person in my life, who would look like life was taking over them and that they didn't think they had control and they didn't think they could fix it. And they, it's almost like people would just drown and allow it to be that way. And I don't know why, but I always had this sort of, even when I was young, like 
but you can do something about it. You can make your life better. You can live this most amazing life. Like, let's talk about it. Let's figure out how to make it. And so I want people to, to experience that. Do you know what I mean? And like, that's one of my goals. Like you can live the best life ever. You can be so happy. You can be so connected and any goals or dreams you have can happen. I love that. You know, it's like that idea. Oh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm surviving. It's like, we don't right. have to survive. We could thrive. Of course, there are challenges and life could be hard. You know, little things could be hard. Big things could be hard, but you could, there's a way to really um, thrive and love your life. And that's, sure. it's good to have someone to talk. So part of the way to get there, I think, is if you're, there's, there's an area that's hard for you, find someone to talk to and a, nothing better than a coach that that's what their passion is and their expertise. Right. And I was actually saying to, you know, I have two coaches, right? I have my, my own is a mindfulness coach. Cause you know, I like to work on mindfulness, which I bring into the coaching inevitably, you know what I mean? I always bring in mindfulness. It's just, it's just, to me, it's inevitable. Right. And I have a coach for my practice. Right. Oh, it's so humble to do that, by the way, I think like when a person that's a professional or they're starting a profession, their job to like, say, like, I'm great. I'm going to start my practice, but I'm also going to have, and not but, but in addition, I'm going to also hire someone that's going to help me because I'm growing and I want to learn. And like, I think that's beautiful, that whole concept. I think, you know, when I was in counseling school, you know, in my master's, they told us essentially good therapists have a therapist. And I never really like this on purpose. It's just to me, it's not, you know me. So, you know, like this is natural. Like I'm not, I love having people to guide and help me grow. Cause I'm constantly almost over overbearing like sometimes in a state of growth so um having people who are like connecting with me to help me grow in the mindfulness one is for you know i say it's like my self-care you know and it is it's like my own little self-care space it's not a massage it's my coaching i love it it's so helpful and the other one it's my accountability partner do you know what i mean to keep my practice going and to say oh, you hit a bump in the road, like get back up again, you know, or push yourself out of the comfort zone. Like I was saying before of the fear that can hold us back, which I'm so, you know, it's something I also talk to my clients about. There's always like fear in, you know, in the road that holds you back. So this accountability partner, is this someone that's like a coach to you or is it just like a peer? I'm saying that's what I'm calling him. My coach is an accountability partner, right? He keeps me accountable to don't let go of your goals. The mindfulness coach is more, um, free flowing, right? All the growth that comes into my head. I want to work on this and right. And the other coach is my accountability partner. Like really like you want this practice, like let's keep on those goals. So they really have different purposes. But I was saying to my mindfulness coach, what were we just saying? I was saying to her, oh, we were talking about coaching and it's, and the beauty of it, which is talking things out, which is why I like voice noting with you is, and I was saying this to you before, right? talking things out concretizes them and also gets them out of you. Sometimes when they're in us, like what does our mind do? It's ruminating, it's circling, it's constant. You know, when my mind is always going, it's like this constant flow. And when you get it out of you to someone else, first of all, you let it go a little bit, but also you can understand it better. Like, oh, now I made sense of it, right? Like in your head, you're not even making sense. You're just kind of like ruminating sometimes. When you say to someone else, it's like, now this makes sense. Like journaling would work too. Different people need well, I think some people thrive more with one, some people thrive more with the other, or you need both. It depends on the person, right? For sure. Yeah, so that's part of why the having that coach helps you like, with that process of getting it out. Wow. Getting it out and figuring yourself out and finding clarity. And that's why doing it by yourself, it's not the same because someone helping you, first of all, it's, it's again, accountability, right? Like if we rely on ourselves, we would say, 
oh, when I get around to it, I'll think, I'll think this thing through, right? right. So it's like, okay, I'm going to think it's seriously, like, I really want to work on whatever it might be, right? So one is, there's a person there you're going to meet with every single week who's going to help you. I really want to work on this, so they're going to help you. And also, yeah, just talking it out loud and the person saying back to you, so this is what I'm hearing. Do you hear that too? Does this resonate with you? And it's like, oh, I never thought about it that way, right? Right. You know? I love it. Um, okay, fine. So another topic I want to go through with you is you really have a strength, like something about you is that you have this ability to bring people together, to introduce people to ideas, to say, oh, this is a class and this person, I can see they'll be a good, um, you know, shit off. And um, just some examples of that is GNO. For anybody listening, that's, I don't know, people maybe are part of the chat. Ashley started this beautiful chat called Girls Night Out. Ashley, tell everybody about it and how it came to be. You want me to tell you about how it started? Yeah. Um, when I moved into the community, you know, I was saying, right, I was not brand new Balachuba, but, you know, recent-ish, and also just new to the community, right? So I was trying to find friends like everybody else, and a lot of the women I was speaking to at that stage were saying that they were struggling to make good friends, and the other piece of me was trying to figure out where did I fit? So at first, I was thinking I would start this like Balachuba group of women to connect in that way. And I kept, same thing, you know, it's funny is you can really, that's why talking things out is so good. But same thing, fear was holding me back again, right? I was like intimidated. If I put this out there, like what would people think, right? So I kept, years would pass and I'd be like, I have this idea, but I'm not gonna do it. I have, you know, and I would do like dabbled. I would like dabble in it. I started something and I was in club drive and I would dabble, like I would front run a couple of events and ask the women on the, you know, to make a WhatsApp chat and come to the events. So I was doing it a little, but I was like tiptoeing in out of, out of fear but eventually um something gave me the impetus I'm not really gonna say what but something in the community I was like you know what I can't find the place that I want to give as a leader and also to connect enough with friends where it like feels consistent because even if you do a, a shul thing sometimes there's events like very spread out right be like months at a time and so many people show up and it can be intimidating so like you know what I'm just gonna do this already I'm gonna put it out there I'm gonna invite my friends and start saying like, let's get together every other month, every month, but every other month would be a sheer, right? That's how it started. And every other month from that would be some sort of fun event. And it wound up being, right, it kind of evolved. It wound up being that, which I think is amazing. This is what I think is so great about our group. And you've seen this, right? Because you've been there literally like the first person from the beginning, right? And very active, but it became cool, right? That we started using each other's talents and skills and hobbies and I, I didn't like think that through, that just evolved. It was like, oh, Rifkla is into cupcakes, so she'll teach us how to cupcake decorate. And like Amanda's into art, so she'll teach us how to paint. And right, we ended up using each other, which I thought was so amazing to use oh, each other's yeah. talents and skills and thrive from each other, but with no pressure, no agenda, no, just let's get together and enjoy each other and get to know each other. And I think a lot of people have told me that it's either changed the community for them. People who've moved away have told me this made my community while I was here and also made good friends. And for me, it did. I found my, finally, like what I was looking for, I was like, I really want close friends. Really came through this, I think, right? That for we me too. Consistently. Yeah, I tell you, I grew up in the five towns. I was local, but um, you know, a lot of my friends don't necessarily live here. And I also like from this Girls Night Out group, I've made so many close friends and there's so many special people. It's like really what I consider to be my like primary community. You know, if I, if I have questions, like I post it in the chat and I love our events and like, I love how I really have the ability to host events, which is something like you really helped me see. Like I, I always know I like to host like Shabbos meals, but 
I, I just love, I love the most. It's something that really brings me up. And I love having like, we did the wine and cheese um, tasting here and a makeup event and uh, um, a babka makeup event. You know what's with the mostest? Well, I love the host and I, I thank you for giving me that platform where you brought in my mind. I really run it with you at this point. You know that, right? Because like most of the events are either at mine or your house, which I'm open to everyone else doing it, but that's been the norm, right? In my head, you run it with me, you know, and you, you take on a lot of the events. You have a lot of the ideas and I mean, and people come with ideas, which is great too. Right. But yeah, it's been really, it's been really great to see like you take on so many amazing events. You've done, you have such great ideas running them and it, you know it really helps you thrive in your hostess space I think because you're really oh, so good no, just, um, I really commend you on just like starting it you know a lot of people have these great ideas but to actually start it is amazing and like I remember you also had a point I don't think it really took off that you wanted to start a mom seminary again right and it ended up being that we started our habura with a few girls and we still learn nowadays it's beautiful and like you also like you started that up it's a, it's really a skill you have bringing people together and helping people find their strengths, which is like, it makes sense why you're becoming a coach, like why you are a coach. Thank you. And um, just like another example, besides like Girls Night Out, I told you about, like also All On Me is something that you brought to my attention and got me involved with. And now it's something that's so fulfilling. And sometimes if I'm having like a hard day on Sunday and something's off, after I learn with my mentee, I just, I just feel better. So it's really, and I never had students before. It was something I was always nervous about. And I'm just really grateful that I got involved with Olami. Yeah, Olami was a, is a cool experience because they basically called in a couple people. I forget how many were in the room, and they said we're going to start this, you know. And they highlighted what I experienced in college, which is in that whole story I said earlier. They said you might have a rabbi or a rabbitson off on a college campus, and they said no doubt they're doing amazing work. They're incredible, but they said they're only two people, and also they're all isolated on a campus. So the students don't get to see what it actually is to be a from Jew, let alone, let's say, let's speak just only to women, to be a woman and live in a community and be like quote unquote normal and thriving and having a career and all these things that these girls in college want. They want careers. Of course they want families, but they want to see they can be themselves. They want to see they can meld them together. And when you see a rabbit on the campus, you might not know that because what are they doing? They're in a campus hosting hundreds of people a week, which is incredible. I wanted that, but not everyone does. Some people want to live like a quote unquote more normal life, right? And like right. they're here. So this was really the idea I think behind it. And that's why I was so passionate about it. Cause I was like, I've been there. Um, I was like literally jumping out of my seat at that first meeting. Like, I want to speak like Charlie Harari was speaking to us. I was like, Charlie, you're doing great. And I want to speak too. Um, because I was like jumping out of my seat. Like I get this, you know, you're speaking to me however many years ago, right? That was me. Like I wished I knew women to relate to. And when my mother took me to the five towns, cause she was trying to, she'd gone on board a little bit like, okay, you might do this Torah thing, right? You might be from, but she didn't want me to live in Israel. So she took me to the five towns, which I didn't know anything of, didn't grow up knowing about the five towns. And I got there and I saw all these fashionable people. And this was like so odd to me cause I had never seen anyone from, let alone fashionable. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, that woman's wearing like high heel boots. Like to me, this was like mind blowing because the only ones I knew were either chassidim, right? Like you see that in the airport or, right? Right. Or the Rebbitsons on campus. Um, so I was like, this is so cool. Because for me, that was a big um, challenge, the tzniyas. I find that every, uh, all the Bali Chuba that I know, there's a different thing. Like someone at Shabbos, someone at Kashras, like there's a different challenge, right? Happens to be in the beginning for me, it was it was tzniyas, wrapping my head around that one. So when I saw people dress nice, Right, and it's um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a great thing all on me have a people, you know, people that are on their journey are able to see people out of the Kira Rebison network, just people like right. me and you. It's beautiful. Um, you were talking about SNES and you know how that was a challenge for you, especially I know you like you have this fashion background. And I have to tell you, the first time you came for me for a Shabbos meal was years ago already, maybe. It was before I had a Tara, who's seven. So yeah, probably eight, seven, eight years ago. Probably eight years ago. It was, you know, it was when I was pregnant. It was in 2014. And like, when you walked into my house, it was, you were very striking. Like you just stood out to me with your like blonde hair and all your gold jewelry and your outfit. Really you wonderful. Really way of putting yourself together. And I know you went for fashion and I would just love to hear a little bit of how you take that love for beauty and fashion and how you apply it to whether it's how you dress or just any mitzvot. It's funny. I remember what you were wearing too, by the really? way. Yes. You were wearing a big white sweater. Now you might've been wearing an oversized sweater because you were pregnant, but I remember. But anyways, is that funny? I'm very, very aware of what people are wearing, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit, it's part, it's part of the way my mind works, right? With this whole thing. <laughs> I wasn't as striking. <laughs> yes, you are. You looked great. Thank you. Um, but how do I infuse it now? Yeah. Like I could even just tell you, like your flyers, you always put out such pretty flyers for events, with all the colors. Like I wouldn't make a flyer that way, but like you do it with like the gold and the pink. And right. So um, in terms of my own clothes and fashion and stuff, I just, you know, cause I'll, people will ask me like, you know, do you still do anything with fashion? And I always say, no, but I don't not, meaning I don't work in it. And if I had ideas at a younger age about starting a fashion company and things like that, but it wound up being that it was never what I truly wanted to spend my time on. As you hear, I like my time being spent in, in minds and in people's minds and right. But I do love fashion. So for me, it's kind of inevitable part of me for myself. Do you know what I mean? Like I do enjoy picking my own clothes and I do enjoy something I found really interesting actually is creativity. I think blossoms with restriction, meaning when I couldn't wear anything I wanted, because when I was younger, I literally, and sometimes I marvel at this now, I could pick, can you imagine anything I wanted in the store, anything, which left not creativity. It did because I was into fashion, but do you hear what I'm saying? I could literally pick anything I wanted and buy it. And I have to put more, put more effort and work into it. Right. So I find that the creativity actually is a strength sometimes. You have to think about it. You have to be more creative. You have to think, how can I make this look good, even though I have to wear a skirt, et cetera. Um, it's funny because I noticed also when we were vegan for a couple of years, when you have to restrict in one area or when you choose to, which, you know, you knew we were choosing, you, you're more creative with how you cook. Do you know what I mean? So right, right. I'm more creative in the fashion now than I think I was then, even though it might have looked cooler to the to a secular eye then. But I will say one of my biggest wins ever um, was I was a madricha when I was newly married. My husband and I did uh, like a paired madrichim on one of these 10 day learning trips, you know, I, I forget exactly the name of the organization that ran at that time. It was probably through Aish. Okay. Um, and we were, right, so I was a magic coach on that. And at the end, we did like superlatives. Do you know what superlatives are? No. Um, I think I actually told some of you guys at the cookbook event, which is another thing that we do, right? But in, in high school, we had superlatives. Superlatives were like best dressed, smartest, you know, class clown, etc. Those were, so at the end of the oh. trip, we made superlatives like those, like best dressed. And I don't know if we did ones that were as offensive as like prettiest. Like we had, yes, we had that in my high school, which people find is crazy, which it is. Right. Why would we have prettiest just to hurt high school girls' feelings? So we didn't do that one on the trip in Israel, but we did like best dressed and funniest and you know, whatever we put. Anyway, right. I'm on this trip with a bunch of secular kids 
and they voted me best dressed. And I was like, this is my win because I'm sneeze and you guys still think that I'm the best dressed one here. Like I still well up inside because someone who was so afraid to take on sneeze and then the girls who are dressing in whatever they want, they're they going back sweat. and they thought I was best dressed. I was like, okay, look, this is my win of life because you can then be sneeze too. And I feel so like, um, connected then to what I chose to do that I could still do in a way that people thought was was good and not only good but that they they really like thought it was something to to look towards so um but in terms of everything else you really hit it spot on because one of my like goals and passions is to bring beauty and Torah together so when I like make a flyer for a share for my students um or a worksheet I really try and partly because it's just part of my personality, but I really try and make it beautiful because to me, Torah and Ruchnias is so beautiful. And if the paper is black and white, it completely, it's like, you're missing what? Like Torah is beauty. If you really know what it is, it's inner beauty, but it's such beauty. Like when I think of it and I think of connecting to Hashem, it's like, I see beauty in my mind. So to me, it's like, why would we not show that? So I want to infuse beauty, external beauty, obvious beauty, with what to me is obviously the most beauty, which is the relationship we have with Hashem. And that's why I like, I love making things that look both. If I like the flyers I make for the personal development, right? I try to make those so beautiful because I want to infuse those two worlds, beauty, internal beauty, external and bring them together. I love it. It's, and I can see when I come into your home, I've been to you for Shabbos, the way you set things up, you really do make things beautiful. And it's just so nice that you do it from, a really such a deep place of this is my home and Hashem is here and Kedusha is here and that's that's a beautiful thing so I want the physical to reflect that you know it's not just it's not coming from a superficial oh I just want things to be in style there's a real deep intentional intention there it's, it's beautiful thank it's, you you know my husband also he's all about this because he's the one who you know we redo some stuff in our house lately yeah and sometimes I'm like fine you on you know um but actually my husband really believes and he brings it up to me that he'll say it different. I don't want to, I don't want to quote him wrong, but he'll say that it gives you peace of mind um, in a home that feels beautiful and calming and that it brings you to a higher state in your Ruchmias if you feel connected to the environment that you're in. And he'll, he'll even like quote from Torah and I'm not gonna, I, I don't even know exactly what he's quoting right off the top of my head right now, but I know that he'll say that, that he'll say like, when you connect to your environment, you can thrive in your Ruchnias. So that's one of the reasons why we, I guess, why both of us are both creative, you know, so it's a little bit part of our personality. Again, like I said before, but also we don't do anything, um, I guess, lighthandedly. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like it's not just because, oh, you want your house to look good. You don't want to, it's not to impress anybody and it's not to spend money or, you know what I mean? It's, it's, we want our environment to match the kind of environment we want our family to feel towards their lives. Do you know what I'm saying? Like for sure. It should feel sure it looks makes sense. For sure. No, I, I love it about you. Hey, you really, you really think about things. You don't live life haphazardly. You bring intention into the mundane and it's it's beautiful. Um, so another question I wanted to ask you is the, um, the idea of confidence and self-esteem is something that's come up a few times in the course. It's something that I've been, I, I, I think about a lot. And I just wanted to know what that means to you and what you consider self-esteem is. Um, it's a good question. And I was on a hunt for that answer for years. 
you know, you know, I say when I go back in my own little story of like how I wanted to help girls, I always thought it was with self-esteem and with confidence, which I think are really important things. But I was on a hunt to the point where when I was first married, like I said, I we went to Israel. I actually made a couple meetings when we were there with different rabbis and rabbitsons to ask them where in the Torah does it talk about self-esteem? Because I was on this hunt, like I'm going to find it out and I'm going to like give it over to the Torah world. But over a couple of years of like really trying to figure out what is self-esteem and what is confidence and where does it fit, I found a different answer. And the answer I came to was self-compassion because I found that, and you know, I was working in counseling, I was talking to girls and usually I was in schools, I was in middle schools and I was in high schools. And I was like, what are they all lacking? And myself, like, what are we struggling with? Is it self-esteem? What I found, and then I thought it was self-worth, which I think is also part of the equation. What I realized is at the root of it is self-compassion because if you don't have compassion towards yourself, that's when you're giving yourself negative self-talk. That's when you're beating yourself up in your head. Ah. If you speak to yourself with love and kindness, what grows out of it? Hopefully confidence. Hopefully you recognize your self-worth through giving yourself the respect of you have self-worth, right? I give myself the respect that I'm worthy of talking to myself like I would a, a close friend, right? That's what self-compassion is, is to talk to yourself like you would a close friend. Self-esteem, there's a lot of studies now that say it's a negative thing, you know, that kids have too much self-esteem. So there's all these different schools of thought on self-esteem specific. I think that there's pros and cons to everything, right? A good dose of self-esteem is good. But, you know, what Rabbi Kellerman says, I always like to say, which is, I'm amazing, Baruch Hashem, right? right? You know you're amazing, but you give the credit back to God. That's the ideal, I think. So like that I think balancing that's, of the two. That balancing, right, right. So I think I like the way he says it. I think it just sums it up. I'm amazing, Baruch Hashem, if we can come to that place which is not easy, right? Because first we have to believe we're amazing. I think giving it over to Hashem might even be easier for our generation than even believing it in the first place. But that's why I think self-compassion, if, if you're compassionate all the time, which I'm not saying that's realistic, but let's say in theory on an extreme, if you're compassionate to yourself all the time, eventually, right, you might come to, oh my gosh, I'm amazing because I'm being kind to myself. Right. Um, Hashem. That's the key, right? With the humility, but humility is not, I'm too small to speak up or I'm too small to be authentic or I'm too small to be me or I'm too small, right? It's humility is I'm actually who I am, whoever that person Hashem created me to be. And I say, but this is from Hashem. So if you're someone who's out there in the world, it's I'm out there because Hashem gave me this role, but I, but because of Hashem, I'm doing this, right? Or I'm holding back, but that's because I think Hashem wants me to right now. That's what I think is my avoda in this situation. But I think never from fear, never from judgment, right? It's from self-compassion. This is what the right thing is to do here. Give out, you know, give out to the world, to hold back from the world, do this, do that, right? But from compassion. I love that, you know, self-esteem, self-compassion are two ideas that I juggle with a lot and I think about a lot. And I actually never really thought about combining them, but it makes so much sense that if you're, if you're having a hard time with your self-esteem, maybe you're lacking the self-compassion. And the self-talk, it really, that's a lot to think about. I really like that. Yeah. And I know you're really, you really like, you know, thought about and, and worked through some self-compassion ideas. You know, I know this isn't new to you. It's new to some people probably who listen, right? Yeah. But I know that you've like thought about and we've talked about and how to work on it. And for sure, it's um, really, you know, with intuitive eating, I think it's part of how it gave me that language of self-compassion. And I read the book by Christian Neff and something I really try to implement a lot. And it just, um, it makes life a lot better when you're able to have that self-compassion. It does. 
Cool. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. We could talk for hours. I love talking to you. There's so many topics. Sounds really good. <laughs> you know, and is there any place that I could tell the listeners to reach you? Maybe at the end, you could give me your information. We could put it in the show notes. Anybody wants to work with you or has any questions? Great. Yeah, I'll just give my number at this, the end. A website to come soon, but in the right time. Yeah, you know, it's going to be beautiful. Not being a perfectionist, but yes, wanted to rep, you know represent what I said, which is the beauty of you know, whatever's behind it. So hopefully soon, but right now I can share a phone number. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thanks for being here, everybody. Also, one more thing. I really like listening to podcasts in part one and part two because like it keeps me um, really engaged and looking forward to the next part. So I've never done this really, um, but there was like a natural break because of the Zoom. Um, so I was wondering if you guys had an opinion about that. Like, do you like it in part two or do you like listening to it all together? I know sometimes I like 10 minute episodes, sometimes I like hour and a half episodes. Like it just depends on my mood, but I was wondering if you had any feedback, feel free to reach out to me at gilaglassberg18 at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.